0: If you're an author or plan to be one, get excited because this podcast is for you. Book Marketing Mentors is the only podcast dedicated to helping you successfully market and sell your book. If you're ready for empowering conversations with successful marketing mavens, then grab a coffee or tea and listen in to your host, international best-selling author, Susan Friedman.
1: Welcome to Book Marketing Mentors, the weekly podcast where you learn proven strategies, tools, ideas, and tips from the masters. Every week, I introduce you to a marketing master who will share their expertise to help you market and sell more books. Today, my special guest mentor of the week is a Pinterest marketing expert. Catherine Morehouse is dedicated to helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses using Pinterest. She's the founder of CatherineMorehouse.com and is one of the leading Pinterest experts on Pinterest marketing for business. Catherine Morehouse has become the go-to expert for helping high-performance entrepreneurs to grow their audience and income using Pinterest. As an entrepreneur herself, she understands the ins and outs of marketing and online business and her passion for Pinterest has led to an expertise in that niche. I love that, Catherine. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being this week's guest expert and mentor.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Just the word being an expert in a niche or a niche market, that's music to my ears to start (laughs) with, so that's great. Catherine, Let's just start with the basics and really understand what makes Pinterest different from the other social media platforms, you know, the Facebook and LinkedIn or Instagram. What's different about it?
2: Definitely. One of my favorite platforms, the reason it's my niche is Pinterest. And the reason it is, is because of the main differences. And I'm going to chat about those now. When it comes to Facebook, you are looking at a channel that connects you directly with your audience to have a conversation. Whether you're on LinkedIn, it's very similar. And on Instagram, you can do the same. Oftentimes, you'll see you could post a caption. You could post a caption to an image or anything like that that calls the audience to connect with you, to engage with you. So I always talk about those social media channels as being very social. And as being a channel where you could actually connect with your audience, find out a bit more about what their interests are, what they're doing, what they like, what they'd like you to share more of, all of those different aspects you can actually use and benefit from with Facebook. And Pinterest, on the other hand, is a completely different channel. It's actually referred to often as a search engine. If you know Google, you know that Google is a search engine. Pinterest is what I like to call... Google and Instagram's baby, okay? And the reason for that is because Pinterest is a visual search engine. It uses the visual appeal of images, very similar to Instagram, but the search engine functionality of Google, it's got both of those connected together, which makes it extremely powerful as a marketing channel. It's a visual search engine. So I always try and repeat that because I know that that sort of gives you an idea in your mind of how it works when someone goes onto Pinterest, they are searching for something and they're searching for it in a way that potentially will provide inspiration, ideas, knowledge, whatever it may be. And Pinterest will look all over Pinterest to find the information that they're looking for and give it back to them in the form of images. Whereas Google would give it to you in a text-based format, Pinterest gives it to you in an image-based format. So when someone searches, let's go very simple, potentially you've searched this before, Thanksgiving recipes. And you've gone onto Pinterest and you knew this is where I could probably find a good Thanksgiving recipe. So I go in and I type in the word Thanksgiving recipe and I hit enter and the search engine gets to work. It starts to find any pin image that is associated with the keyword Thanksgiving recipes. And then all of a sudden my feed or my Chrome you know, page is filled with all of these pin images that have to do with Thanksgiving recipes. And when I click on it, It takes me to the website that showcases that recipe. Now, this again is how it's different to something like Instagram, where you post an image and you can post a caption and get engagement with comments, but you can't click on the image for it to take you to that piece of content, which means after a while, what happens is if someone is searching through or scrolling, let's say through your Instagram, and they try and click on an old image or they try and find where that product is or What blog post that is about? They can't because you may have said, click the link in my bio, but it's been a couple of weeks. So the link in your bio has now updated to the latest Instagram image. And so Pinterest gets rid of that problem that they're facing, where they actually link the blog post URL to the actual pin image. So when you click on it, it'll take you right there. One of the other main differences is that content on Pinterest has a longer time horizon. When you're thinking posting on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or anything like that, there's generally a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes is the marketing time horizon for someone to engage with your post. Occasionally, if they get notified, it can be slightly longer, it can be a day or two. But that's generally the time horizon. You'd have to post that again at a peak traffic time on Facebook or Instagram to get engagement again. Whereas Pinterest time horizon is three to six months. You're looking at growth in traffic for three to six months, that will be your peak. And then from there on, it will keep growing. It may just not be the most clicked pin at that time. But to give an example, just to go back to an example here, I pinned a pin last year and that pin gained click-throughs in the first three to six months, but it hasn't stopped. I'm still getting traffic from that piece of content on Pinterest a year later. That to me is invaluable, especially if you're a content creator or you're someone who shares, let's go with products, services, anything like that, where you want to put your content out there. you put your heart and soul into it and you post it and you know that it's going to bring you traffic for years to come. There is definitely a strategy to ensure that that happens, but the content stays on Pinterest for years. It's called evergreen content. It stays on there for a long time, and to give you an example, I think the oldest pin that I have that still leads traffic is close to five years old. And anyone who added pins before five years ago, they're still getting traffic to that piece of content. So your blog posts can still get traffic years and years later, which to me is absolutely invaluable if you're a content creator or even a business owner who just wants to make sure that all the work that they put out there is being seen and it's being leveraged over the long term.
1: Wow. Wow. First of all, I had never realized that it was talked about as a search engine. That's really interesting. And it it brings to mind for me is that a few months ago, I was looking for blog post headlines. And I typed that into actually into a Google search, which then led me to Pinterest, which then led me to so many different pins of people who, you know, has pinned up all these lists of different headlines, I was like, it blew me away because I never realized what a goldmine of information
2: there is there. Wow. It, It absolutely is. And it's one of those things where I actually believe that Google took its cue from Pinterest with how you search images on Google Pinterest had a guided search and they had a specific way for you to find or basically click on the next step to find more images. And it was really interesting to see about six months later after Pinterest had launched that Google Images actually had a very similar feature come out. You can see how they both work together and they both build off each other. And that's why the search engine is just so powerful.
1: (laughs) How can our authors benefit from using Pinterest? Yes, they could put a picture of their book, but what else could they be doing?
2: When you're an author of a book, and I know a lot of people ask me, is there a specific industry that does well on Pinterest? Is there a specific, like if I write about a specific topic, will I do well on Pinterest? And I always like to start by giving the advice that it doesn't matter what industry you in necessarily, it matters what kind of content you create. Content is extremely important on Pinterest because the more content you have on Pinterest, the more searchable your content is and the more likely it is that someone on Pinterest will land up on your website or on your pin because they'll be searching those kinds of topics. You want to keep adding content because Pinterest also rewards fresh content. When you think of yourself as an author and you think, how can I leverage Pinterest to either sell my book, my services, anything like that? You're looking at your overall marketing strategy firstly, before you even step into Pinterest. You're looking at, what is it that I'm going to do to ensure that people reach my book? It's the sales funnel, really. What process will they go to to get my book? Am I just going to place my book live on my website or on Amazon or anything like that? and have a link to send them there? Is that the only sales funnel I'm going to send them down? Because one of the things that might benefit you, besides just sharing a pin of your book and a variety of pins that lead to that specific book, is to potentially create one or two blog posts or create an article, write a guest post for someone else, do maybe a video campaign, create a couple of Facebook lives, anything like that that adds to the content creation side that will lead people into the sale of your book. So I always talk about content. The content can be in the form of audio, written, visual content. It really can be anything from podcasts, videos, blog posts, all of that. And what you want to do is you want to create a couple of those, what I call pillar pieces of content and be able to share those onto Pinterest. And they need to captivate your audience in a way that helps them understand the topic that you're going to be teaching them. So if in your book, you're writing about productivity, for example, you're the productivity expert, then what you want to do is you want to put together a few pieces of content that will become your pillar pieces of content talking about a different area of productivity. So different areas of productivity and those blog posts or those pieces of content will lead your audience from free to paying for your book. It's a free to pay journey. And that content, you can also then share on Pinterest. You can really share anything on Pinterest that leads to a webpage. That could be your book as a product. It could be the services you offer. It could be the speaking gig that is happening or a live event. It could be your pre-recorded webinar classes. It could be blog posts. It could be freebies. There really is no limit to the type of content you could put on there. The real factor you need to consider is how much content can I create and how much valuable, again, it's not just, I want to create thousands of pieces of content and put them on Pinterest. It's thinking, what kind of valuable content can I create that's going to leverage the sales of my books? And I want to make sure that I'm getting people from the free side to the paid side, because sometimes when people visit your book, they may not know you as an author yet. You want to build that know, like, and trust factor. And that's often what free content does. It means landing on a blog post, reading a couple of productivity tips or things that have helped you being led through to the sale of the book or being able to purchase your book or even a video series, anything like that. And I would suggest that you start by looking at that before you even look at your marketing on Pinterest because it always comes back to your end goal. Your end goal is either to sell your book or it's to sell the service associated with that. But you want to make sure you're thinking about the end before you start with Pinterest. You always want to look at what journey am I going to take them on and how can I then use Pinterest to leverage that.
1: That's an interesting point that the starting point, obviously, start with the end in mind, but then what? How do you physically, you get on, you create an account,
2: and then what do you do? You start by creating a business account, and it's very easy to do. They have very, very easy instructions to follow. It's very user-friendly in terms of where the buttons are and things like that. So you start by creating a business account because it's going to open up all the marketing tools that you can use for your business. So you really want to make sure you open a business account. Then what you want to do is you want to start setting up your profile, and this is extremely important. A lot of people like to jump ahead and start creating pins. They want to start creating boards and doing all kinds of things. But the reality is with Pinterest being a search engine, you have to think like the search engine. You have to say, what does the search engine use to place content in front of people? And the way that it works is it uses keywords and it associates the images with keywords so that if someone, your audience, your ideal client, for example, searches for productivity tips, your pin images will show up because you've associated the keyword productivity tips with that image. Again, it's going right back to the beginning and saying, I'm going to set up this profile so that it's search engine optimized. That means starting right from the top. And thankfully, when you join, they actually go step-by-step through it. You've got settings and you've got to set up your profile name. Then you set up the image that you're going to use. And that should be a very clear picture of you because you're the face of your brand. If you do have a logo that stands out and that could be extremely memorable, you could use that. But especially if you're an author, I always say use a high quality image of yourself because you're trying to associate the personal brand with the content that you're sharing on Pinterest. It builds that no like, and trust factor. The next step is to set your Pinterest description. And I mentioned keywords here, and I mentioned the fact that Pinterest will associate your profile and your pins with certain keywords. Your first step, once you've done that, once you've added your image, you've created your profile name, is to do a keyword research on Pinterest. And I mean, this is right in the beginning. You aren't going to create pins yet, so don't jump ahead. It's one of the biggest mistakes. I want you to go onto the Pinterest, uh, your Pinterest account, Go into your home feed. You'll see it's a little red pin button. You just click on that. And you'll see all these pin images appear. And there's a search bar. Now, this is how I do a keyword research for all my clients. I help my students do the same thing. It is the way to find out what people are actually searching for on Pinterest. The same way we look at Google AdWords or keywords or anything like that, Pinterest is going to give us our keywords that we can use for our profile. So how we do that is we start by thinking about our business. Think about what topic you write about as an author, maybe what blog post you've written before and what categories that falls under. I spoke about the productivity expert earlier. Let's go with that. Say, for example, you're in productivity and organization as your category, as a topic that your business covers. You're going to start by typing in the word productivity into the search bar on Pinterest and you're going to hit enter. Underneath the search bar, you're going to see these little blocks appear. They're colorful blocks, and they have some words in them. Maybe it will say tips. Maybe it will say ideas. But what this bar of words is, it's the guided search. It's the Pinterest guided search. Pinterest created this for the pinner. They said all pinners were typing in virtually the same thing over and over again, and they could collect this data and see that this was happening. What they wanted to do was they wanted to simplify the process for the Pinterest user. They wanted to say, if you typed in productivity, I'm going to give you some ideas of where you can go next. Because based on the data that we've collected, 90% of pinners on Pinterest, for example, once they type in productivity, the next thing they do is they add in the word tips. And so what they've done is the first block on the left is going to be productivity tips so that the pinner can just click on it. And it will update the search for the new search term. As marketers, we can use this because it's a goldmine of information. <laughs> it's telling us exactly what pinners are searching for on Pinterest and the frequency with which they're searching it. The far left block is telling us that's the highest searched keyword in relation to the topic that they just typed in. So productivity is something that they typed into the search bar and the highest search term was productivity tips in relation to the topic productivity. Now, as a business owner, you can say, okay, my profile, I know that a lot of my content has to do with productivity. When I compile the keywords I'll be using in my pin descriptions, in my profile name, in my profile description, in my board names, and in my board descriptions, I'm going to use the keywords I find from the search bar. And I'm going to look at what comes up under productivity. If, for example, the first one we find is productivity tips, I'll write that down. Then I'll keep going. I'll keep going along the guided search, follow the process. I'll maybe click on productivity tips and see if it dives deeper. If another block appears underneath there and if it says productivity tips for businesses, then maybe that's a key phrase I'll add in. And once I've compiled a good list of keywords I want my content to be associated with, Then I'll go and start creating boards on my Pinterest account. But I won't create boards or pin images or pins or anything like that until I've done the keyword research. Because it doesn't make sense to create boards that you like. Things like recipes and DIY home decor, if your business has nothing to do with that. And your ideal client isn't looking for that from you. They're looking for business tips and productivity tips and time management, and organizational tips. You need to provide that through your Pinterest profile. And you're trying to tell Pinterest, whenever someone searches for anything to do with productivity, please make sure you show them my profile, my boards, and my pins. And that comes down to making sure that you've placed the proper keywords in those areas, in the board names, board descriptions, etc., because Pinterest will then say, okay, I found that you've used the word productivity tips, organizational tips, and all of that multiple times. You've associated pins, your profile, so I'm going to make sure that I link you with the proper pinners. Anytime they're looking for that content, I'll show them your profile. That is really the start. So I don't want to overcomplicate it. I know I'm talking a lot about keywords and everything like that, and I may be talking about where you place them. That's the next step. The first step is really just to understand What do you want your Pinterest profile to be associated with? And making sure that you do the keyword research on Pinterest to ensure that you've associated your Pinterest profile properly. A lot of people don't do that, and that's where they leave traffic on the table. They immediately want to jump to adding pins and designing pins and all the fun things that come with Pinterest. But the real key to a successful Pinterest account is starting with a foundation. What fascinates me, Catherine, is the fact that
1: I would never have thought to go onto Pinterest to do any kind of search. My first go-to is Google. Now, will Google pick up some of these? I mean, that's how I, as I said earlier, found headlines. But could the same thing happen, let's say, if I was to promote author marketing, as a keyword. Would that show up on Google in
2: any way? Well, the minute that you start using keywords in your pins, in your blog posts, in your content, and anywhere on Pinterest, what it's doing is it's obviously helping the Pinterest search engine place you in the right place. But the Google search engine is picking up on the keywords you're using as well. And because Pinterest has such a focus on search engine, a lot of content that shows up in Google, like you say, is actually going to be a pin in the end. Very interestingly, because they work on the same kind of system of keywords, you do see yourself show up in Google under certain keywords because Pinterest requires you to use keywords. So it really works in both senses. I always say to people, one of the great things about using Pinterest is if you've always wanted to show up in Google and you want to do the best possible thing you can for your website, You should focus on search engine optimization, so you should focus on making sure that your content will show up in the search engine. Now, when you use Pinterest, you're thinking exactly the same thing. How can I optimize my website so that it shows up well on Pinterest? How can I optimize my Pinterest profile so my pins show up in the right place? And in the end, that can show up in Google too. So it all works hand in hand. And just to give you a quick Example of what I talk about when I try and tell this to my clients when they're thinking about what social media channels to use and what marketing channels. I always say you should have a traffic channel and you should have a social channel. Your traffic channel is a channel that's going to consistently bring you traffic. Doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter whether it's today, tomorrow, the next day, it needs to be a channel that you can use that's going to send you consistent traffic for years to come. Then you need an engagement or social channel, somewhere where you can really Communicate with your audience and get to know them, show them behind the scenes, see their behind the scenes, and find out what they like, what they dislike, what they like to see from you. You know, real conversations with people. And that is what I either use Facebook or Instagram for, or LinkedIn, depending on your business. I always make sure that when I advise people to choose marketing channels, you have to at least have one of both a social channel and a traffic channel. If you use Google or Pinterest as your traffic channel, that is really great. And you can leverage both of them together. Once you've got one down, once you've become an expert or you're doing really well with your Google traffic, then you can add on Pinterest very easily because you're using a very similar formula for search engine optimization. And if you're doing Facebook, for example, as your social channel, it's a lot easier to add on Instagram because you're following very similar formats of communication. My head is spinning.
1: (laughs) You talked about the fun part of Pinterest, you know, designing the pins. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Because that's what I think of. I think of, well, now if I'm going to put out some information, let's say, on author marketing, that I'm going to have to have some images that portray maybe something that will attract people. Talk to us more about that.
2: Definitely. That is the fun part about Pinterest. And now I think that's what makes it so competitive as a marketing channel is that it's not just text-based like the Google search engine, it's visual, which is very appealing in our day and age. So it's got the search engine functionality and it's got the visual element. So when it comes to designing pins, that really is the fun part. And it's the part I always say, take some time to get creative, play around a little bit and go beyond what you think is possible in terms of what you can design. I'm going to tell you about a software that I use. It's free. It's called canva.com. And I know that some people have heard of it. So canva.com. It is a free place where you can go and design images for all your marketing channels. And it's just, it's really user-friendly. They already provide you with some templates And the sizing is already set there. So if you want to create Facebook posts, Pinterest pins, anything like that, you just go and click on the actual search, um, not the search, the social media channel name. So it will say something like Pinterest or it will say Twitter or LinkedIn, or it will say, would you like to create a A4 letter, an email letterhead, you know, those kind of things. It's got a variety of templates. You click on Pinterest and what it will do is it will show you the best sizing. It will bring up the best sizing. Then you can select some pre-made templates that they've already created. This is very good for anybody who's not very creative, not very design savvy. Maybe you don't know how to create images that well. You've always just tried to get stock photos. What you can do here is you can take a template that they've designed. You can click on it and you simply change the colors. You add your branding. You change the text title. And you can add any other background image you want to or keep it the same. And it works really well if you don't know how to create the right spacing and, you know, doing all those kind of design elements. When it comes to designing pins in terms of a strategy point of view, now that you know you can use Canva to easily create one, and you can also be creative yourself and and do whatever you want in there. But in terms of the strategy side, when you're creating pins on Pinterest, You're looking at creating a variety of pins that will attract your ideal clients. One of the key things to do, especially if you're an author, is to make sure that you use your branding across your images, which is why I always suggest that even if you design your own pins, you create one to five templates that you will use over and over again for all of your pin images. You'll simply change the text, so the heading or the title, and maybe the background image, but you're keeping everything else very similar. The reason you want to do this is because you're trying to build brand recognition on Pinterest. Pinterest has loads of images on it. It has lots of information, and it's a competitive environment just like any social media channel or any search engine. You want to stand out, and one of the best ways to stand out is to actually build brand recognition, to stand out because people have seen you before. That's one of the best ways to get people to click and save your pin because they trust you. They've seen the same design come up multiple times. They've seen your branding before. They start to recognize your pin image and they start to build trust with the kind of content you share. How do you build this brand recognition when you design your pin? It purely comes down to making sure that you use your brand colors, you use your logo or you add your website at the bottom, And you're consistent in the templates that you use. Whether you're writing about the top five productivity tips or six ways to create a content schedule, you're going to be using the same kind of templates, the same design format. People will start to recognize that. And they'll know that the person who wrote the productivity tips also wrote the content schedule. And so I'm going to click on that because I trust them because I've maybe seen that thing before. I've seen it come up multiple times. And I'm starting to trust them. That is one of the best ways to build your following, build your clicks, click-through rate, your repins and things like that, is to ensure that your pins not only stand out on Pinterest, because that's something a lot of people focus on. And you probably have heard that a couple of times from anybody who says, you need to stand out from the masses. And it's true. To a degree, you need to stand out. But one of the best ways to stand out when there's so much is just repetition. Repetition. Of a specific type of design and that really helps you stand out even if your colors aren't as bright as the person's pin next to you or maybe your title wasn't as catchy as the person next to you what catches their eye is something they've seen before and their brain automatically recognizes it and so that's one of the key things i always talk about when it comes to designing pins but again make it fun have some fun with it if you don't like designing then like I say, go to Canva, use their templates and just update and adjust. So it goes really quickly and it's a very simple process for you. Is there an optimum
1: time in terms of how many posts you should do a week, a month? To be recognized, how many should you be doing?
2: On Pinterest, it is, again, it's very different to other social media channels. You're actually going to be sharing your content and other people's content to your Pinterest boards. Think of your Pinterest boards like the cork board in your home that was your vision board. You're going to be sharing other people's images, like tearing it from a magazine and pinning it there, and you're going to be sharing your own content. So it's a mix. It really varies, and it can vary between different accounts. I've seen anything from 10 pins per day to 100 pins per day. I would suggest... 10 to 15 pins per day to start out with, that is the ideal. So again, it's not a per month, it's not a per week, it's a per day thing. So it does take a little bit more content being put out there to be seen. But the thing is, you're sharing the same content and you can put it onto a automation schedule like Tailwind, for example, where you can set the amount of pins that should go out every day. And Tailwind will connect with Pinterest to find the best optimal time of day to pin it. And then you simply just put the pins into Tailwind and they'll send it out to your boards. But yeah, 10 to 15 per day and a good mix of yours and other people. So it's not 10 to 15 new pins from you. It's potentially 10 pins from other people and five of your pins that you're repinning. That means reposting multiple times. Was that
1: Tailwind? I've not heard of that one before.
2: Yeah, Tailwind is a Pinterest focused scheduler and they're actually a marketing partner with Tailwind. So they're approved and what they do, they've just recently introduced Instagram as well, but they are like your traditional schedulers, except they work with Pinterest. So it's called tailwind.com, tailwindapp.com, I think is what it is. And it's one of my favorite automation tools to use. It really helps you schedule and make sure that you don't get overwhelmed with pinning that you don't have to worry about the time of day it goes out or that you have to be on Pinterest every day because that can get very overwhelming. So that's why I always suggest using that kind of scheduler. I'm sure
1: that our listeners are chomping at the bit to find out how they can get a hold of you and take advantage of your services. Share away.
2: (laughs) Thank you so much. You can find me at katherinemorehouse.com. And I have a freebie that I'd like to offer you guys, which will help you get started. And it really focuses on the 10 steps for getting started, setting up your profile, you know, doing everything we've just spoken about, but in a very simple way and in a chronological fashion so that you know by the time you've done the 10 steps, you have the foundation to get started with Pinterest. And that you can find at katherinemorehouse.com forward slash 10 steps and 10 is the number 10 so it's 10 steps if you want to contact me there's a contact form on the website and i'd be more than happy to answer any of your questions
1: that's wonderful and very generous and i'll put that link into the show notes so if people are driving while they're listening to it don't worry it'll be in the show notes and you can just click straight on that that's wonderful Catherine.
2: If you could leave our listeners with a golden nugget, what would that be? My golden nugget would definitely be, this is something I keep learning every day, (laughs) is that you need to be very specific about what you choose to take on in your business in terms of marketing. Don't overwhelm yourself. Always focus on one thing first and move from there. For me at the moment, I have decided to do a rebrand for my website, for example, and that meant Looking at my schedule realistically and saying, if I want to be consistent across my marketing channels and everything, I need to make sure that I'm focused in on one area at a time. So that's my biggest golden nugget, and the way that I've had the most success in certain areas is always just focusing in and deciding to leave all the other shiny objects outside (laughs) and focus in on the one thing. And it's really helped leverage different areas of my business.
1: And I would take it that one thing would be Pinterest.
2: For me, it definitely is.
1: (laughs) I would be shocked if you said anything different.
2: (laughs) I know. But again, like I say, you always have to have the engagement channel too. So at certain times I have to say, okay, now I'm going to focus on Facebook, make sure that I'm doing that properly. So there is a time and place for everything.
1: (laughs) Well, this has been amazing, even more amazing than I thought it would be. I've learned so much. I've got a thousand questions. I wish I could still ask you. Thank you so much. And thank you all for taking time out of your precious day to listen to this interview. And I sincerely hope that it sparks some ideas you can use to sell more books. Here's wishing you much book marketing success.
0: The time is now to take action and finally build your book selling empire. And the great news is that Susan is here to help you visit bookmarketingmentors.com and sign up for a free 15 minute book marketing strategy session with Susan. She'll help you discover your first steps to marketing and selling your book. Only those who take action are rewarded. So visit bookmarketingmentors.com and we'll see you again next week. Hi, it's
1: Susan again with more marketing tips. Last week, we talked about marketing as a two-party system that involves a seller and a buyer. The seller wishes to exchange tangible goods or intangible services for a form of payment from the buyer. I promised to take you through the traditional four P's of marketing. The first P stands for product. Product quite literally, that is what you sell, whether it's your book, a training course, your coaching services, or anything else you want someone to buy. However, a critical component is that whatever you're selling has to meet the customer's needs. The foundation of all marketing comprises supply and demand. In other words, someone has to want, need, or demand what you have to offer or what you supply, because otherwise you get saddled with a boatload of unsold stuff. Embarrassingly, I have unsold books, videos, and courses in my garage because over the years, I've created products that I thought people needed. Problem was, they might need them, but they didn't necessarily want them enough to actually pay for them. Not a strategy I would recommend. Instead, you really need to know what your target audience is willing to buy. Next week, I'll tell you about another marketing P, and that is price. Until then, keep exercising those marketing muscles. And remember, if you want to receive my weekly marketing motivators, then text AMU at 72000. You'll be glad you did.